Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Well, good morning. Hey, there we go. The uh, other morning, not too long ago, I made a mistake. Uh, I overslept. Anybody have done that before, right? Overslept? Um, and I woke up to my sons, Bodie and Briar, four and three years of age, turning on the TV in the living room. Now, as I stumbled out of bed, I heard this ruckus coming from this living room. It sounded like a bunch of jumping, a bunch of thumping, running, moving, screaming, and squealing. If you know my littlest, you'll understand that one for sure. So as they're squealing, I come down the hall as I put myself together, and I look, and I see them. Their shirts are off, and they are wrestling. Okay, so then I look over to the TV and I see what's going on on the TV and they have a replay of WWE Monday Night Raw on the screen. So they're like over there, they're trying to mimic it. They're like, yeah, they're, you know, like the stone, like they're jumping off the couch, they're coming in and they're diving and, and I'm like, oh man, it's 6.15, this is way too early, Lord, help us right now. So I do what every good father would do. I went over with a stern face, grabbed the remote, and I sat down on the couch and began watching both matches. <laughs> As I'm watching the TV, I'm looking at the TV and I'm like, oh yeah, man, it's like reminiscing, it's nostalgia in my life. It's like back in the day, I was like an NWO, WCW guy, Sting coming down from the rafters, Goldberg on his undefeated streak. And then after I went through that moment, I pan over and I, my, I start to tune in and I see my little guy, my youngest, trying to be pinned by my oldest son. Bodie is over there, he's on top, he's four, and he's like, give up, Briar, give up. He's like punching him, he's doing all the tricks. Like they're trying to mimic what they're watching on TV. And Briar, he is squealing, he is yelling, he is saying, no, no, no. And right then I had this kind of weird dad proud moment. <laughs> My little guy was refusing to give up. Man, it was a unique experience, but I was like, yes. Today we are talking about one of the most iconic wrestling matches of all time. This man by the name of Jacob, the underdog, a cheater, a swindler, a deceiver, a grabber, everything and to this point he earned and he did so in an ill-fashioned way. But there's something unique about Jacob. He was, will, he was unwilling to give up. And, and in other words, he was unwilling to tap out. He was unwilling to say, I'm going to cash it in. I'm going to stay in the ring. I'm going to go for the belt. I'm going to contend. But it starts with acknowledging, looking at our character, and as we continue our series, we will be seeing this, uh, this unpack for us firsthand, where a man with a history now comes to a realization of the power of God in a supernatural experience 
that will forever shape his life. So if you have your notes, join me. You can follow along online. Special shout out to our online community. And if you're new with us, we believe this, that if you read, write, and recite, you're better to retain what we discussed this morning. So I want to encourage you, mark up your notes, take notes on your phone, whatever you have to do so you can leave here better than the way you came in. So Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, first problem, more than one wife. His two servant wives, do I need to say more right there, you know, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over for all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in a camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and he wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And that's fundamental to our big idea today. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want me to know your name? My name, the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel and he was limping and because of the injury to his hip. Even to this day, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Today, I wanna to talk to you about this big idea. Mark it up, highlight it, apply it to your life. God will turn your brokenness into blessing when we commit to him. He'll turn your brokenness into blessing when we commit to him. Now, a key influencer in this is this man by the name of Jesus. We believe Jesus here at Faith is the ultimate example of what it means to develop character, having this unrelenting commitment to God. Jesus, he endured a lot on the cross so that we wouldn't have to. John three sixteen. for God loved his one and only son. He gave us his son to die on the cross so that we wouldn't have to do that. In Philippians, uh, in, in Philippians we also see that in coming up right here. We see in Philippians chapter 1, verse 11, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life. Be Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So we see that Jesus brings this desire, this ultimate perfect example of what it means to have unrelenting commitment. Now, the thing is, when we put Jesus up here and we say, hey, you're giving us this perfect ideal, this perfect example, you can make, it has this domino effect for every aspect of our life. Commitments with our marriage become stronger, commitments with our work ethic become greater, and it mushrooms, it explodes in our life. We've been going through this series called Righteous Character, and uh, we've been defining character as this, attributes that determine a person's moral or ethical actions and reactions. The perfect example of that is Jesus. 
So as we continue on, the question I want to ask you today is how do we commit to God? How do we commit in such a way, the way Jesus did, that it can lay a foundation for our life? And before we go any further, let's go ahead and pray for the reading of God's word today. God, we give you this time and we say thank you for moving in our life in a radical way. We pray that you help us to not only learn, but to grow and put into action what has been spoken about this morning. And may we leave here better than the way we came in. In your great and holy name, we all say amen. So how do we commit to God? That's a question we need to ask. Now, I think we all, at a time or another, struggled with commitment, right? It's late night, you're walking by the refrigerator, and the freezer's right there, and on the other side of that freezer door is a quart of ice cream. Yeah, that's the best 2,000 calories right there, that moment you ate all day, right? In the middle of a diet. Like, anybody be there with me? Or maybe you have puppy blues. You're trying to commit to raising this animal and you're like, why did I do this? And commitment starts to be questioned. Or maybe when it comes to commitment, you have a specific sports team, right? Kind of like the Green Bay Packers, you know, Pastor Goss, like you like the Green Bay Packers, my man, that's a hard commitment to have. (laughs) But maybe we scale it down a little deeper and look a little closer, maybe commitment with your marriage is shaky. Maybe there's some thoughts that have seeped in, maybe relationships, friendships. Maybe you're a student in this place and you're thinking to yourself, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to be done with school. I don't know about this career path and you just want to cash it in and you want to just give up. Or maybe you're in here and you're thinking to yourself, you know, Pastor Blake, I've had a tough week, tough couple months. My commitment with God is, is shaky. Today we're going to be looking at this story and and exploring the great commitment to God and what that can do in our life. And when we commit to God, it has this domino effect in our life. So number one from our story that we learn about today is this. Committing to God means we choose courage over comfort. Courage over comfort. Now keep this in mind. Courage isn't saying I have no fear. Courage is saying that, hey, despite my fear, I'm going to act. And we see this in Genesis 32, 22. Now keep in mind, Jacob is this guy with the history who's messed up and he, he's not the guy you would aspire to be. But it's at this moment that he develops this courage rather than running, rather than going to what's comfortable into this posture of saying, I got to come and face what is coming against me. So during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over for all of his possessions. Now we have a map up here and I'm gonna try to explain to kind of bring us up to speed because a, ha- a lot has been happening in Jacob's life. First, Jacob, to get him to where he's coming from, we have to understand that Jacob messed over his brother Esau. He conned him. He was a con artist. He, he uh, swindled uh, Esau out of his birthright and blessing. So Esau, this man's man, this leader, the guy who would be hunting and, and fishing and what's the name of that rest of the song? I don't know. See, you know, I'm talking fishing, gathering every day. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, that's coming to me. Stay back to the notes. Anyways, so Esau, okay, he then vows to kill Jacob. 
Jacob's, ma- Jacob's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I would rather be inside hanging out with my mom than engage in a, in a fight with my brother who could probably kick his tail. So he flees with his help of his mom. He flees up to his uncle's place, Laban, where he spends about 20 years. So he's up north in Israel. And then Jacob starts to get in a, per- a precarious situation there. And then he has to leave. He swindles his uncle out of livestock and his uncle's sons hear about it and they see what's going on. So Jacob leaves in the middle of the night with, uh, it's kind of weird, his cousins, his wives, and, and, they, and he flees for his life. And he starts to head down south because back in Genesis 31, 31, we see this call uh, that God has on Jacob. Hey, return to your homeland. So Jacob's leaving, but then his brother Esau, who he ran from 20 years later, catches wind that, hey, Jacob's returning. So Esau begins to march north. Now the river bends a little bit, so Jacob's saying, okay, my brother is coming. I need to divide up my group into two parties. I'm going to send a bunch of offerings to Esau, and then I'm going to send my wife and my children across the river, my wives and his children across the river. So then Jacob is there all by himself, choosing courage over comfort. And Jacob teaches us at this moment, when it comes to courage, it's this, courage is a no-retreat mentality. His back's against the wall, he has nowhere to go. He's finally coming to a realization that either he has to confront or he has to change the trajectory of his life, what was spoken before him. So he's sitting there and he's staying there probably all alone and He's not in a very good military position, and he doesn't know what to do. But he just knows he has to have courage. Hernando Cortez, maybe you've heard the term burn the ships or burn the ships upon our arrival. Hernando Cortez is known as the Spanish conqueror and explorer for, he is known for conquering the Aztec Empire. 1519, he, he landed in Veracruz, Mexico, and it, it was a very unique situation and upon his arrival he gives this order to his men he says he says burn the ships in the order they arrive and in other words he was saying that you have to forget the past and either we're going to succeed and we're going to die trying jacob's backs against the wall and he's refusing to give up he's either saying i'm going to succeed or i'm going to die trying Courage is also this. Courage is a willingness to stay alone, stand alone. Now, we have a lot of different media outlets, and uh, we have a different, different thinking, culture, society bombards us with thought processes and, and unique ways in which we should believe. Right now, more than ever, people who follow Jesus, disciples, current time, It's coming to a point with courage where we have to get to a moment where we need to be able to stand alone at times. You get hit with different things at work, at school, relationships, whatever the case might be. There's moments when you have to be able to stand alone. But it's also in those moments when you stand alone that God begins to work in unique ways and experience in your life becomes to kind of grow when it comes to having a relationship with God. See, God had to draw Jacob into a moment of alone time so that he could deal with Jacob. 
my father, he's in the crowd today, and my family, I love you guys, glad you're here. Come on, Grandma, she's 93, and she's like a saint in my life, and I'm very thankful for the heritage of my family, specifically with my father. Anytime I would struggle with something, and he could see it, my attitude would adjust, or something else would not be right, he would always ask me this question, he'd say, how's your one-on-one time with God? How's your relationship with Jesus? Because if that is committed, if that is right, then everything else has a domino effect. When it comes to courage, sometimes we just have to attack it head on and choose courage over comfort. Not run, not flee, but say, hey, I'm going to have courage despite the fear I face. It's a willingness to get alone with God so he can work in our life in a radical way. Number two, when it comes to committing with God, or excuse me, Psalms 27, 14 says this, wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart and wait for the Lord. It's this alone time that God can do incredible things in our life. Number two for us is this, committing to God means we this, stay in the fight. No matter what we go through, no matter what we face, we have to stay in the fight. We have to go, hold on, grab the belt. No matter what we do, this is the championship. Staying in the fight is what it's about. If we look at Jacob's life, we continue to press on. It says this, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him and, and until dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Staying in the fight. See, it's important to know, Jacob didn't get the, the uh, acclimates, he didn't go down in Hebrews as being this guy who's this, uh, uh, in the faith hall of fame. He didn't do it because he won the fight or did the stone cold stunner or the spear or anything like that. He goes down as being a great man, a great leader in the Israelite nation, a founder, a patriarch, because he stayed in the fight. That's what scripture refers to him as the win, staying in the fight. Gerald Tetzitter, the quickest way for anyone to reach the sun and the light of the day is not to run west, chasing after the setting sun, but to head east, plunging into darkness until one comes to the sunrise. He writes this in his book called Grace Disguised. Now, Gerald's story is pretty interesting. He's a professor at, in Spokane, Washington at Withwork College. And Whenever uh, he was on a family vacation, his family um, got in a severe car accident. A drunk driver hit their minivan, and in that accident, he lost three generations. He lost his mother, he lost his wife, and he lost his daughter. He walked away unscathed, uninjured, anything but a blessing in his life. Challenging moment. But that's where Gerald, when he writes this this moment of this darkness that comes upon his life, it's against our instinct to say, hey, you know what? I want to run into the darkness. I want to stay in the fight. I want to go with courage. We want to run to what has been or remember the glory moments because right now we're overwhelmed. But the quickest way to move forward is to deal with what's happening right there, to go through the darkness, to go into the darkness. This 
intangible way of having unrelenting commitment to God despite what we face. Jesus teaches us this in Luke 18, 1 through 8. There's a parable of the persistent widow or the unjust judge. Now, I'm going to give you a snapshot. I encourage you this week, check it out, read it. It's an incredible story. And Jesus would teach in these figurative tales to bring a moral purpose and point to illustrate to his followers. And so he's teaching them, and he says this, there's this unjust judge who didn't care for God, didn't care what God thought, had no remorse, no, no tie to who God was. And uh, this widow is owed justice. Now keep in mind, during the first century when Jesus would teach this, the widow doesn't have uh, a property, doesn't have rights, but she's owed justice because that's what ethically and morally is due at the time. So what she keep doing? She keeps going to this unjust judge. She keeps knocking and says, hey, I need my justice. After a while, the judge is like, no, 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 I don't want, nope, 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 I don't care. I have no obligation to anybody. I'm gonna do what I feel is right. But after a while, she keeps coming back. She keeps staying in the fight. I need my justice. As she keeps coming back, finally the judge gets to a point where He says, you can have your justice. Leave me alone. See, God loves us so much that he cares for us, that he sent his son to, like we're going into the Easter season where we celebrate Palm Sunday and Easter. I want to encourage you to come back and experience that with us. But God loves us and cares for us so much that He's going to treat us so much better than an unjust judge. If an unjust judge will give mercy and give justice to where it's owed, how much more is our Father going to do for us? See, when we commit to Him, it, it, it shapes us, it molds us, and, and God works in ways we can't even imagine. Which leads me to number three for us. Committing to God means we allow our breaking points to become our changing points. Verse 27, what is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Now this is important to our story because Jacob, up until this point, he's a swindler, he's a con artist, he's a thief, he's a grabber, he's a deceiver. He finally had to acknowledge his past so that he could change his present. He finally had to acknowledge what he was So then God could intervene, had to come and change him and and break him and and do something miraculous in his life in order for Jacob to see and Jacob to experience. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you'll be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. You've maybe heard this story or read this book. This is Deep Down Dark. It's an account of about in 2010 when 33 miners were trapped inside a mine by a rock that was two times the size of an Empire State Building. They were in there for 69 days, these miners. They were in a moment of despair. They didn't know what was going to happen. But there's this individual by the name of Jose Enriquez. Now, his co-workers, who he's worked with for some time now, they knew one thing about Jose. They knew that he was a follower of Jesus. See, these men, they're in moments of despair. Can you imagine darkness for 69 days, no hope, 
No, 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 no joy coming, no, no, no future. They were there, they're, they're thinking, hey, this is it. So they start to confess to Jose Enriquez. They start saying, hey, Jose, we've been struggling. I'm an alcoholic. Jose, I'm struggling with my marriage. Jose, I've been, I've been going through some things with my kids. I'm, a, I'm doing some things outside that I should. And, and Jose, we know you believe in God. Can you help us with this? Will you pray with me? These men encounter with Jose. Jose says, I'll pray with you if you pray for me. These men, one by one, start to become and have a relationship with Jesus in a moment of despair. It's these valley moments, it's these moments where we're broken, where we're empty, where it's, God, where are you? That God shows up. See, God has this unique way. He's drawn to moments of despair. You might be in here and watching online and be in a season or a, a time where it seems so bleak, so dark, you're lost. God's coming alongside you. God is there. Time and time again, we see how God moves to the Israelite nation saying, hey, I'm here when you call on me. I'll come back even though you've made mistakes. I'll keep showing out and showing through in your life. But sometimes it takes those moments of despair for us to draw closer to God. It's those breaking points that lead to changing points in our life. I was reading an author this week, and they said, we learn the best, naturally, statistically, we learn the best through our failures than we do through our successes. And when you think about that, it's hard to go through those failures. But when you look back from the mountaintop and you look back in the valley, a lot has grown in your character, in your life. Number four for us today, when it says committing to God means we see our brokenness as a blessing. That's tough to do. I'll be honest, whenever you're faced with brokenness, the last thing, when you're in the middle of the fight, the last thing you can do is say, hey, yeah, this is a blessing in my life. Notice going back, I, I didn't say this earlier and I should have, but when Jacob engages in that fight, he didn't go looking for that fight. That fight came to him. That fight was a match that he was thrusted into. See, our brokenness is a blessing because in our match, in the cage match, whenever we're fighting, whenever we're going through it, we're being developed. See, Jacob is in the season where his brokenness becomes a blessing. He goes, please tell me your name, Jacob said, and this is unique. Jacob probably knows with the presence of God right there that he is engaging with a supernatural peace of God, either an angel or wrestling with God in a radical way that forever changes his life. The man replied, why do you want to know my name? The man replied, and then he blessed Jacob there. See, Jacob knew what he was getting into. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. And even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Israel's his new name. He wrestles with God. It's not Israel. He pinned or won the match. 
It's Israel, this nation that is birthed, this legacy that is left because Jacob was willing to go to the mats and hang in there and never let go. When I was trying to write this last point this past week, uh, every week we have an I-team meeting, uh, which basically means like our, our whole team, our staff comes together and we look at the points of whoever is about to speak. Uh, we do it for a creative practice, and we also do it to get different perspectives. We have people from all different walks of life who now are following Jesus on our team, and it's a pretty cool exercise to do. Well, if I'm truthful with you, there's one guy that I, I kind of sit on pins and needles when he reads through my outline. His name's Pastor Phil Goss. Now, many of you know that Pastor Goss and I were in a transitional plan where I'll be the next, where God's placed my wife and myself here to be the next lead pastors. And we're so fortunate. We're so happy, excited for the future and what's to come. And we're also excited of what the partnership, the, the legacy the Goss family has left here and will continue to move here. And, and as we're in this meeting, pastor like i'm i called him dude for service you know like i'm like he's not dude and i'm like sorry pastor you know and now he's highlighted again as we're sitting there and we're looking at this pastor's the guy he's never going to lord over me he's never going to make me make a decision he's uh, a, a guy that he he hands on he's developing he's a developer he's a leader of men and uh I, I can tell, he, he's the kind of guy that's like, hey, Blake, I'm never gonna tell you what to do unless you ask, I will give my advice. I said, okay. You know how that is though. Like I, I'm like, I want his approval because he's like handing me something that's so, that we cherish so much. So as I see on his face, he has something to say. So I, pastor, what are your thoughts? He starts to share his story a little bit and, and, he, and he goes, you know, uh, starts to lean in about the story of Jacob. He goes, every time I share this story, what we just spoke on and heard about today, because I, I talk about my accident. And so like instantly I'm like, oh man, like he knows the story really well and I'm picking it like it's gonna get destroyed right now. I just popped a can of worms. And he goes on and, and he communicates and, and he, I, I was really struggling going to that meeting. I, I didn't know how to write point number four when it comes to commitment with God. And he goes on, he shares a story. If, if you know his story, and many of you may have heard his story, to this day it is remarkable that he is with us. 30 some years of ministry here at Faith, remarkable. What God's done through him, how he leads out his character and Miss Naomi's character, remarkable. We honor them. We're, we're blessed to have them in our life and in this scenario. So when he starts to share a little bit of this story, uh, he brings this and highlights this moment. And I, and I thought it was so good. And I thought it was what I should share this morning is, he goes, many times when we think of blessings, we think of it like a financial windfall. We think of a, a perfect relationship, a, a family relationship. We think of blessings as this uh, just picture-perfect hallmark moment. 
And, and Pastor highlighted this in this moment. He goes, imagine Jacob, this man. He's wrestled with God all night. His eyes are black and blue. He's got a bloody lip. His clothes are torn. He's dirty. His hair's messed up. And when Jacob goes back to his family, as he's walking with a limp that everyone sees, as he's walking towards his family, you can imagine the engagement. The family comes running. Jacob, what happened? Did, did you survive Esau? Like, Jacob, what, what happened? And, and Jacob's response would be this. I've been blessed. Many times our blessings come in ways we don't even imagine. They come in ways we can't even fathom. But I believe that our blessings in this season, in this moment, come from opportunities when God's just saying, I just want to keep you in the fight. Just stay in the fight. Maybe that match is right there. Maybe you need to get in the fight because it's, there's no more comfortability right now. You've got to make a decision. Are you going to engage? Are you, are you going to see the blessings I'm going to work through in your life? Or are you, are you going to hang back? Are you going to run? Are you going to try to choose comfort? But no, 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 no. God is wanting an unrelenting commitment in your life. And when you do that, this, the, the floodgates, the blessings come. Our character's developed. We lead lives, we change lives, we impact a community like we wouldn't ever even imagine or see. So my hope for this church as we go in the days to come is not that we're a church that's a country club and, and, and people come through and people just check us out. We meet on Sundays, but know that we're a church that has an unrelenting commitment to see lives change outside these walls in our community, in our world, in our, in, in, in our, in our lives, in our nation. See the blessings that are going to come. See the blessings in people's lives. But sometimes in those blessings, we're navigating that brokenness. So today as we wrap up, we're going to end in a song. I'm just going to invite you. You can stay seated. If you feel prompted to stand, you're more than welcome to stand. And I want to challenge you with this. We, we believe in gospel that is actionable is this our, our hope for you is simple that you commit or continue to commit to god by starting a relationship with him through jesus now jesus he came and he atoned by what we celebrate on these next two sundays palm sunday and easter is that jesus died on the cross so that we wouldn't have to but whenever we take a step and say hey jesus i want you to be the lord of my life the leader of my life then you're committing, you're starting a relationship with him through, with God through him, the ultimate sacrifice. It's real simple. Maybe you're sitting there. We believe it's a process. The way we actually do that is if you fill out on your phones a communication card or stop by our corner and say, hey, just mark the box. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. You don't have all the answers. You might not know what that exactly means. We want to walk alongside you in that process and help you. Life is better together when we all are committed to the same cause, a united family. And then number two for us is this. Maybe you're in here and you begin to see your brokenness as a time, of, a time to encounter God at a deeper level. Maybe something's happening in life and you need to take a 30,000 foot 
viewpoint and say, rather than God deliver me from the situation, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? Because I, I, I do believe in God doing some incredible things in our lives continuing this day. But sometimes they look different than what we expect or even what we want. So as we sing this next song, I want to encourage you to evaluate your minds, your hearts, and then I'm going to be back up here with an announcement and then uh, some more instructions. So let's enter into this time together. wants to in your life. 
If you're new in here or maybe checking out this faith journey for the first time, I encourage you, it's, it's relatively simple, yet there's a, it's, it's a starting point to start a relationship with Jesus by saying, Jesus, come into my life. Maybe have that prayer. And I want to encourage you to also fill out a communication card so we can walk alongside you. And then also there's those individuals in this place that maybe you're in here and you're going through a dark time. I want to encourage you, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Let's pray together and then I just have one more piece of news for us. Lord, we give you this time right now and I pray for two people groups right now, those who are fighting situations that feel bleak, feel lost, feel in dark moments and in moments of despair. May they draw close to you as you draw close to them. Lord, may we use our brokenness and see it as a blessing, even though in the current situation, it can be challenging. And God, for those of those people in this room that want to start an active and real relationship with you by accepting your son Jesus into their life as the leader of their life. I pray right now that they pray this prayer of saying, Jesus, come into my life right now and may they fill out a communication card and take that actionable next step so they can live a life that will forever lead to change. Continue to be with us, guide us, and lead us. And in your great and holy name, we all say, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.